Okay, you guys, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle to get your weddings featured? Are your wedding submissions constantly being rejected from your dream publications? Does the thought of creating your own submission completely overwhelm you? Well, this is exactly why I created Submission Support, to help wedding photographers and planners just like you. Inside our monthly email membership community is where you'll learn what makes a good submission, how to start thinking like an editor, how to curate your images, and how to submit your next wedding all on your own. I've helped dozens of photographers and planners get featured, and now I get to help you directly in your inbox every month. To learn more, visit submissionsupport.twgna.com and join today. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm so excited about this week's brand new episode because I'm chatting with Sam Jacobson all about how to pre-qualify clients. Sam and I chat about why it's important and necessary to pre-qualify your clients before you start the buyer's journey together. Sam shares helpful tips, advice, and action steps to help you start pre-qualifying your clients in no time. A little bit about Sam is that he helps event pros book more couples at higher prices. In 2018, he founded ID Action Consulting with his wife and fellow sales expert and now conversion copywriter, Katie. Since then, their team of seven has worked one-on-one with hundreds of clients, providing business coaching, workshops, online courses, and website copywriting. This is Sam's second time on the show, and I'm so excited to have him back. I know you guys are going to love it and pick up a lot of great tips, and I can't wait to get started. So let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest who is back on the show. Sam, can you say hi to everybody? Hi, hi. How's it going? Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. I'm so excited you are back. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a busy couple of years since you and I last talked on the podcast. Lots happened in the world. And uh, let's just say it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. I know. I know. Well, I'm so excited to have you back. I love talking about, we're going to talk about how to pre-qualify your clients. But for those of you that don't know who Sam is, why don't you reintroduce yourself to our listeners? Let everybody know a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Sam Jacobson. I'm a sales pricing and copywriting expert for wedding professionals. I've been in the wedding business since 2006. So going on my 16th year now, which is pretty crazy. Uh, I worked for eight years selling directly to couples as a, a venue manager, sales manager. I was a lodging director for a resort. And part of my work was selling to couples who wanted to book our space. So I did that for eight years. I booked hundreds of couples, millions of dollars in sales. And then I took my show on the road and got a gig as director of operations for Todd Events, a luxury design decor and floral company out of Texas. And I was the day-to-day operations manager for a couple of years. 
Eventually, I decided I wanted to help more than one event boss at a time. And so I started up my company, ID Action Consulting, in 2016. And I've been working one-on-one -on -one with clients uh, ever since. Over the last few years, we've added on a ton of additional services, including online courses, in-person workshops, and also significantly, website and blog copywriting. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember, I think I found you or started following you, I think, in... Uh, maybe 2019 or 2018. And then we met at the um, the Knock Gala. And I was like, hey, you want to come on my little show? <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm happy to talk about how to help wedding bros book more business anytime. Put a yeah. mic in front of me and push record. I'm ready to do it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited you're back. So let's talk, let's talk about today's topic. We're going to talk about how to pre-qualify clients. And I think this is so great because I want, you know, here at T with Janae, we're all about tangible tips and actionable advice. And this is really tangible and really actionable. So I would love for you to start off by maybe explaining what does it mean to pre-qualify someone? You know, I think one of the things that most wedding pros are dealing with is not enough time. And so when you look at what does it mean to pre-qualify, it, it means how can you find a way to have an automated system or a series of filters be set up before you really truly interact or spend a lot of time with somebody who inquires. So pre-qualifying is what happens before you go through the actual qualifying process, which is really the discovery call is meant to be that qualifying process. So what can you do before you get on the discovery call with a couple to make sure that they're going to be a good fit for you or at least have an opportunity to work with you in the future? Yeah, I love that. And pre-qualifying, at least for me in my brain, means like, you're weeding out the tire kickers, you're weeding out the shoppers, you're weeding out people that aren't really interested, which I think is really beneficial um, to any professional and especially, you know, to wedding photographers, I feel like get price shopped all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and part of that is because couples, they just don't know how much things cost. Yeah. Uh, you know, as an example, you know, when when you don't know what things cost, you can be way off base. I was talking with a client who we were talking yesterday specifically about pre-qualifying. <laughs> And, and I asked him, I said, well, how much do you think a you know, cruise to Antarctica costs? And he was like, I don't know, $8,000. And I said, at a zero. <laughs> and and you know, I could see his eyes get big on the Zoom. And that's the exact same thing that happens with couples when they inquire for wedding photography. They may think it's going to cost $800, $1,800. And then you send over you know, numbers that start at four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 and their eyes get big. And they're like, there's no way it can cost this much. So we want to make sure that we're definitely qualifying on budget, but there's also things that we want to make sure that we're qualifying on, like personality fit, mm -hmm. something that's going to be easy for us or fun for us to work on, uh, good project for our portfolio. Always we're trying to level up and you know hit our aspirational venues or work with our aspirational planning partners and, and build that portfolio so that we can get more clients like that. So we, we want to make sure we're pre-qualifying on price, but we also want to make sure we're pre-qualifying on personality fit and project fit so that we can grow our portfolio and work with those better clients in the future. Yeah, I love that. So how would you say that pre-qualifying clients saves us time? We don't have to go through all of the motions that we might with somebody who is actually interested in and able to pay for our services. So you know, one of the things that I think is important is that a, a big, a big part of this is that my process that I recommend to most people for the 
clients who you really want to convert and the, the clients that you really want to try and get to pay the most for your services, you're going to have to spend some time in the sales process to do that. You can't just PDF and pray. You cannot just send out a PDF pricing guide on the inquiry response and then say, let me know if you have any more questions and hope that people are going to book you at a regular rate at a high rate of price. Right. What you've got to do is you got to put a little work into it. You've got to help them discover what their needs are. You've got to help them understand not just what you do, but how it helps them and why that's a value. And then you've got to make sure that you provide the reassurance along the way that you're the best bet or at least not a bad bet for them to pick. And so that takes time. And before you dump a bunch of time into that with the couple, you've got to make sure that it's even worth the start in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, it, you mentioned a really great couple of things in that one nugget. It's like you want to make sure it's worth your time, that that they are the right fit for you, that you're the right fit for them, and that, you know, they can afford your services. You know, I think that could be like, the answer to why is this important to your business? You know, like it's important from the very beginning because you're you're kind of setting like your own standard, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's it's going to be different for everybody because people are at different stages of success in their business. I remember the very first time that I went to the Engage Wedding Summit back in uh, November, December, I can't remember, 2013. And I heard Brian Raffinelli talk and Brian's one of my business heroes. He is absolutely phenomenal. I respect him so much. I, I wish he was a friend. If he was a neighbor, I'd be besties with him, or at least I'd try <laughs> to be, <laughs> because he does so many things so well. And he's got such a strong strategy for how he grows his company. And I remember hearing him, you know, now eight, nine years ago, talk about his first 10 years in business. He said yes to everything. Anything that came in, he would say yes to because he needed to fill his calendar. He needed to build his portfolio. He needed to expand his client base so that he could leverage them for referrals in the future and, and many other reasons. And eventually he got to the point where he was so full that he couldn't say yes to everybody anymore. And then he had to start to say no. Mm -hmm. And before he said no to people indiscriminately or just for specific reasons, he needed to make sure that he was able to go through and to pre-qualify or find a way to qualify people um, that made the most sense for his business to focus on. And it's just it's something that I thought was an interesting story for me to hear at the time. It's one I like to pass along. And I think it's and it's crucial for you who are listening to this, if you are at a point in your business where you are already filling your calendar or have, you know, are close to filling your calendar, then that is the right time to look at starting to create some more friction in the sales process. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about this as the conversation goes along. But that's really what we're doing when we pre-qualify is we're creating more resistance to the movement forward. We're not, we're not, we're making it harder for people to move forward by any number of tactics so that it requires more energy and effort and desire and commitment to keep going with you through the sales process. But the, the key takeaway here is, and the reason why I bring this up is, one of the things that I see a lot of wedding pros do, especially in photography, is they say, my work is beautiful, my idol is charging this much money, I only wanna work 12 events a year, and so I'm gonna jack my rates up to $7,000 and only take clients who can afford me, and I'm not even gonna get on the phone or work with people who can't do that right out of the gates. And that is a recipe for absolute disaster. Mm -hmm. You've gotta start from a place of abundance before you can start ratcheting down and pre-qualifying people too much. 
Yeah. Yeah. And also I wanted to go back to what you said before the PDF and pray. <laughs> I thought that was such a I picked good... that up from a client of mine. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even with my own coaching clients, you know, um, we talk about sales and stuff. And I'm like, don't send your pricing right away. Like, get to know them. Like, you need to see what they need before you can tell them what they want. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you have to basically, exactly. you know, date them a little bit and then show them what you got. <laughs> Well, it, well, it's it's totally true, and and I actually have a uh, you know personal experience. Many of you know my my wife and business partner Katie Taylor Jacobson. She and I have been seven plus years now, and yeah. you know she's also a sales expert. We met at at Engage, a different Engage, the next year in 2014. And we literally fell in love the first time that we sat and had a conversation with each other. No joke, legit yeah. fell in love. And then about 18 months later, I proposed to her and four years to the day after we met, we got married. So we fell in love on the first day, but we didn't get married until four years later. And it, and the engagement, my proposal didn't even come until 18 months after we started dating. So just because you have a great first date with somebody doesn't mean that they're ready to sign a contract with you. It takes yeah. time. Yeah. And, and in fact, it's important for you, even as a wedding photographer, more so if you're a, a wedding planner, but certainly as a wedding photographer, to make sure that you're working with the right person. Just because somebody has enough money in their bank account doesn't mean it's going to be a good fit for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, reading the red flags or, you know, trusting your gut is really important, especially as a professional, because as a wedding photographer, you're usually with that client for a minimum of a year. And then after the wedding, you're with them when you deliver the images and you do the album if they have an album. And if they want family photos, like you want to make sure you're in this relationship and it's going to be mutual, <laughs> like mutually totally beneficial. Agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Otherwise you, you're going to burn out faster because yeah. you're, you're doing things that you don't love. And that's one of the, the key things that you've got to do. You've got to make sure that you're good at what you do and that you love what you're doing. Otherwise you're going to burn out. If you're working with people who are grading on you that you can't stand emailing or talking with, or what, you know, when you see a text from them come through, you're like, Oh no, I got to deal with that people again. Yeah. If, if that's, if that's what you're going through on the daily, you're going to burn out. It's like burning the candle at both ends and right in the middle with a flamethrower. <laughs> I love that. All right. So let's get to the nitty gritty of this. How do you recommend that we go about pre-qualifying our clients? So there are some, some very specific things that you can do, and I'll, I'll get to those here in a second. I think generally speaking, what we want to do is we want to recognize that in the buyer's journey, we've got to make sure that we're dropping clues early on and priming people for the kind of relationship that we want to have with our clients, who we work with, what kind of challenges they run into, what kind of desires they have, where they get married, what kind of events they have, and and what kind of personality you know we have, what kind of values and beliefs we have, so that they can they can they can see what that looks like from the outset. Now, early on in the buyer's journey means referrals, it means vendor lists, it means uh, coming in from uh, you know planners or venues wherever it is. And it also means social media. And mm -hmm. so, you know, one of the first things you can do when you're thinking about the, um, you know, the opportunity to pre-qualify people is recognize that you do have a chance to do that as early on as the social media uh, communication that you're putting out. Yep. Yeah. So social media would be your first recommendation. And what I always tell people, and I know this to be true, is what you put out is what you receive, right? So if mm -hmm. you, you only want to show things 
that you want to keep doing or aspiration to do. So, you know, would you recommend like pruning your social, like getting in there, making sure it aligns with your brand? Like, are there thoughts about that? Yeah, you know, I, I do think that you can you can definitely focus on putting out what you want more of. That's probably one of the best things that you can do. So really focusing on uh, not just, again, indiscriminately putting out everything, you know, like scattershot. You want to really focus on the types of experiences that you want your clients to have. So uh, as an example with that, with images, let's say you're a photographer and you take 500 images for a gallery for a client. Out of those, you love 50. Which of those do you post on your social media? I obviously can't get into too much of this, but uh, one of the things that we want to do is make sure that we are really focusing on the images on triggering the psychological motivations that our buyers have. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at a beautiful photo, it could be a beautiful photo of a tablescape. It could be a beautiful photo of a roomscape. It could be a beautiful photo of a first look or a first dance or of people toasting or a dramatic landscape shot outside at sunset. All of those are beautiful images. You love those images. They're high quality. They're perfectly composed. All the things are there. Check, check, check. Makes all the boxes go, go, go good. But here's the thing. Which one of those images is really, truly going to trigger and connect with the psychological desires that your buyers have? You can prime people for being interested in your services with putting certain images out there. So if you know, for instance, that your psychological trigger for your buyers is esteem, which is recognition from their peers, then you would want to put some sort of dramatic landscape with a lot of floral and decor. However, if the psychological desire of your ideal client is something related to connection with other people, then maybe a first dance or walking down the aisle with your dad, Mm -hmm. something like that is going to be a trigger. So Mm -hmm. what you can do is you can not necessarily pre-qualify in a direct way, but you can prime them in an indirect way and and really put the focus on the kinds of clients that you want by putting out the right kinds of images, not just good ones at good parties with great planners and great venues, but with the emotions and the images that are really going to resonate with the people that you want most. If, if, for instance, the person who's looking at that doesn't find that that resonates with them, then they're not going to be as interested in your services because they're not seeing what they want to see in their own wedding when they hire you. So that's a way to repel or, or, or attract the kinds of clients that you want without even talking about price. Yeah. I love that. So what about, you know, like going to your website or even, I feel like the contact form is really like my best (laughs) pre-qualifier. Like it does a lot of work for me. And I would, yeah, I would just love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So kind of moving through the buyer's journey, obviously there's a ton of stuff on the website that you can do again with images, also with copy. You know, we as copywriters, conversion copywriters, we fully believe that there's a lot of work that you can do to repel and attract people with the words. But really that last gatekeeper to get into your inbox is going to be your contact form. Mm -hmm. And Many of you heard me say that one of the things that I recommend doing for people who are looking for more inquiries and need to book more business specifically is to lower the resistance in the form that you have on your contact page because we want to let as many people through. There's an inverse relationship between the number of form fields that you have and the number of inquiries that you get. So let me clarify that. The number of form fields goes up, the number of inquiries goes down. The number of form fields goes down, the number of inquiries goes up. So if you want to have a bunch of people hit your inbox 
right? Think Brian Raffinelli in his first, you know, year or two or three of being in business or any new person being in business, you need as many inquiries as you possibly can get, not just because you want to fill your calendar, but because you want to make sure that you're getting good feedback and you're practicing your sales skills so that when it really matters, when you're starting to charge more, you can be better and have a higher chance of booking those high price clients. So, at some point we'll turn where we need to start ratcheting it down a little bit. We need to increase the friction. We need to tighten the screen that is going to allow people into our inbox. And so that means adding in form fields and not just the number of them, but also the, the difficulty that the couple goes through when trying to fill them out. Mm -hmm. Some questions like how many guests are at your wedding are fairly easy. Some questions like describe why you like my style is very difficult and so you can add more questions quantity wise and you can also add more questions in difficult ways to increase the challenge that people have to fill out that form yeah yeah i think it's really smart because i, I love what you're saying like when you're just starting out or if you're listening and you're like year one two three i'm sure you want to be busy and you want experience and you want to build your portfolio so maybe you have like name date location <laughs> And like contact me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And anything else you want to share. But yeah. le legit, that's it. Four or five fields, just yeah. name and email are required. That is that is exactly it, Janine. That is my my you know, five form fields to put if you want to get more inquiries. That's it. Yeah. And then for me, like I'm doing this 12 years, like I have maybe like 10 questions because I really have you know, honed in on the pre-qualifying and like making sure that even to get to my inbox, they've like, they're kind of a one foot in, you know, <laughs> like yeah, they're, they're yeah. in the door, they're interested, you know, cause there's a whole process of the whole journey. Like you're the buyer's journey. Like they found, they find, where do they find you? Is it a referral? Then they check you out. And if they like you, maybe they email you, you know what I mean? So like, I want it to be kind of like, they're kind of in it, like I'm in a top choice. And if they get to my inbox, it's like, I know they're really serious. Yeah. And, and I want to, I want to come back to that because, and remind me if, if, if we don't get to it, to go through and talk about, you know, how to, how to increase the friction to try and make them work harder, which can yeah. actually be a good thing. But I want to talk about and touch on this real quick. And I'm not saying you do this, but it just brought up this thing for me that is this situation that occurs within the wedding industry. And for you younger photographers, younger in business, not age, but younger in, in number of years that you've owned your business. One of the things that that I have found as a full time educator and as somebody who talks with, you know, literally hundreds, thousands of wedding pros every year is that they get advice from people that they admire. The people that they admire have found success. The people who have found success are typically at an advanced stage in owning their business. And one of the things that ends up happening is that I often find that they talk about what works for them right now. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I'm not saying that you're doing this, but it just brought this up because it's just a general caveat for people who are seeking advice, recommendations, information, education, suggestions, whatever, from somebody who is 10, 15, 20 years in business that is offering information on a podcast like me or uh, an online course or a workshop or even just speaking at uh, you know, a conference or something is that you may hear them say, oh, I, this is what I do. And that works for them with right. their clients at this stage in their business with right. the goals that they have for their business. And what you have to ask yourself is, 
does that align with where I'm at with my clients, with where I'm at with, with my level of success? And I think that what I hear and see over and over and over again is that a lot of educators in the wedding industry will show people or create a template or a model based on what they are currently doing in their business for success. And when it comes to contact forms specifically, I do see a lot of relatively new people who are consuming content and advice and recommendations from people who have been in business for a while. They, you know, I look at their forms on their on their website and there's like 16 to 20 form fields and and half of the things are required. And I go through and I'm like, wait a second, like, okay, I think this is the issue. Like, don't even pay me any money. I can tell you right now, you can fix this and you're going to open the floodgates to more inquiries. How come you're doing it this way? And they say, oh, because so-and-so, you know, this is what they do. And I saw it on their website or I learned about it in their course or I heard them talk about it on, you know, uh, uh, at a conference. And so they then model themselves after that, but it's killing their inquiries in their inbox. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, this podcast, we interview everyone from veterans or to newbies, you know, people in the middle, because there's always a range, you know, what worked for me two years ago doesn't work for me today. And, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but like you said, like my, what I say works for me is I'm 12 years in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like exactly, people who are just starting out, it's like, no, no, no. Get those inquiries in your inbox, make it as easy as possible, you know, build up your portfolio. And, you know, later when you feel like you were saying before, like you're at a place that you feel comfortable, like, okay, let's put up a little, you know, a little friction here and let's get the right ones in because now I'm ready. I feel like this was me when I first started out, like year three, mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I know what I like and what I don't like. And now I'm just going to focus on what I do like. But it took me three years to do that. You know, it's not, uh, yeah, I didn't start out being like, I want to be like Jose Villa. Like, yeah, he's my inspiration. <laughs> but, but I can't you know, imagine, like that happens. Like, yeah. no joke, that happens so much. It's like I attended, so you know, and I'm not saying it's for Jose, but, but you know, I attended a workshop and, you know, I, they, they talked about what they currently do with their contact form. And I was like, great, I'm going to do the same thing. And that that unfortunately is a recipe for disaster right? because right. of, like you said, you got to get to the point where you're getting enough demand on your services to take some risks and to actually set up a screen. Yeah. And, yeah. and otherwise, you're going to end up, you know, scratching your head wondering why you don't have any business in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, you have to I think a really great quality for people is reading the room and reading your own room and reading your inbox. You know, like if you're not getting any inquiries, I it look. I'm sure you are well-versed in this. Like photographers, it's like the endless debate. Should I put my pricing on my website or should I keep it off? And, yeah. you know, people are like, well, when I put it on, I don't get any inquiries. But when I take it off, I get all these inquiries, but they're not qualified. So this is such a great conversation because people like, it never ends. You know what I mean? There's so yeah, many people yeah. who say so many different things that I think at the heart of it, you have to realize, you have to ask yourself what works best for you. Yeah. And it's, and like you said, it's for you at that, that particular time, you know, a year ago, this time a year ago, I was, you know, binging on clubhouse doing two hours a day, <laughs> yeah. five, 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 six days a week. And it was great. I was able to help literally hundreds, thousands of people, which was awesome. And one of the piece of advice that I was offering you know, across the board was if you want to get more inquiries, reduce the friction in your sales process. And that was, that was the right advice at that particular time. Because if you go back a year ago, pretty much everybody was 
like, I need money. I need mm -hmm. deposits. I need new bookings. I need people to say yes. I need people to lock the date in. And so reducing friction and, and working with people when we all had time, that was the right approach. That was the right strategy. And those were the right tactics. But now you'll find me on podcasts or in my own coaching program or working with one-on-one -on -one or into a newsletter talking about the importance of pre-qualifying. Why? Because we are crammed for business in a very short period of time. And we have been since May or June of last year, which yeah. means that we have to, we have to change our strategy based on this season of our business. And even as you go through normal years, like pre-pandemic 2018, 2019, I would still recommend to people do more pre-qualifying, thin out the inquiries, make sure you're working with just the most qualified clients before they get on the discovery call when you're at your busiest during your peak months of the year. Mm -hmm. And then when you're slower, say yes to as many people as you can to get on the phone so that you can practice your sales skills, you can work on your discovery calls, you can get feedback from people on proposals and pricing. You can afford to take risks because you have more time. Yeah. So even within the year, you can shift your strategy on how how much you pre-qualify and how little you pre-qualify based on the amount of time or, or where your calendar's at. Yeah, and I know a lot of professionals, you know, a lot of my own friends, um, that you know, their last year was a doozy. Twenty twenty one was two years and two seasons in one season, and we're all kind of burnt out from it. And they're like, I'm not taking as many weddings, and I've made it really hard to work with me. And I think it's just like the flip side of that, right? Like everyone was like, I need work, and then we had so much work that now we're like, I don't want as much work. <laughs> so it, it, it depends. It's right? true. I'm glad. Yeah. It is. You're 100% right, Janine. I'm glad you brought that up because what happens is we tend to go to the other end of the spectrum. We end up opening the floodgates and taking on too much work. And then what happens is that we we tighten it too much or we get loosey-goosey with our sales process and away from the fundamentals. We try and sell too much by email or we just bark a price at them as they walk by and we don't pay attention to the feedback that we're getting from people. People will book, but you really want to pay attention to the people who are saying no because that we've, we've got a lot to learn from them. Mm -hmm. I, I literally got two of the best in the business last uh, last week sent me an email. I was just checking in on their friends and I was just saying, hey, how's it going? Uh, one of them had sent a referral to me and the, 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 the conversation immediately shifted to, you know, I got to be honest, it's not going as well as I had hoped. I was super busy last year and I got so busy that I couldn't put time to or I decided I don't want to work as much as I am right now. And so I started restricting the flow of inquiries by putting my price up front too early on the website or too early in the email correspondence. And all of a sudden I'm looking at a half blank calendar for 2022 and I'm sweating over here because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back to normal, let alone busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. So let's go back to the friction part. You know, you wanted to circle back there. So what else did you want to talk about friction? Well, I want to I want to offer some other ways of looking at how to create a pre a pre qualifying process on something other than price. People mm -hmm. go straight to price, and and because people don't know what things cost until they get a sense of it, it's okay to have some tire kickers and some price shoppers. You don't want to spend a bunch of time with them, but that's just part of the nature when you don't know how much something costs. You got to go out and learn, right? Mm -hmm. And because there's not a lot of information, there's no book on how much stuff costs for weddings. And even if there was <laughs> on like the knot or wedding wire or other wrong. blog posts, there it's oftentimes not accurate with what it is that you want your clients to hear, right? Right. Yeah. So 
So when we go through and we think about how can we pre-qualify, it's not just on setting the bar really high to get them to recognize how much it costs to work with us. What we really want to focus on are other alternatives, like the creativity that we want to work on or the, the style that we want to pursue. And then also one thing that we can do is we can really pre-qualify on how ready they are to purchase. And so readiness to purchase is important because we end up spending a lot of time with clients who are early in the buyer's journey because they don't even know what they need, let alone what you do to meet those needs and therefore what a fair and valuable price is. And so what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we're pre-qualifying for the amount of information that they already have and in where they're at in the buyer's journey and also the desire that they have for your particular services. So spending time by creating friction, resistance in the process means that they have to exert more energy and effort. And, and that's really important. So making them jump over obstacles along the way is important because it will demonstrate that they are more interested in your services than somebody who's just tire kicking or price shopping because they won't put the time in. Yeah. So there, there are things that we can do by setting you know, a, a, a number of low barriers is sometimes better than a single high barrier, you know, which is basically, I charge $10,000 and up, don't bother inquiring if you don't have that. Right. Yeah. I love this. This is so helpful. This is so good. So, you know, I'd love to know from your experience, you know, how do we know when it's worth pursuing a client versus letting a client go? I think a lot of that's going to come down to the questions that you ask on the contact form. So asking the right kinds of questions is going to be super important and making sure that you are getting some of the basics. One of the things that you can do is you can ask for you know, information on where they're getting married, um, what, uh, when they're getting married. You know, the venue is a, usually a really good indicator of how much money they have to spend, especially if you know the venue. You can basically just figure out what they're paying for food and beverage and venue and double that or, you know, or, or whatever it is with, with your, your average client. And that's how much money they have for the wedding. And then you can take, you know, six, seven percent, eight percent maybe of that. And that's how much they have to spend on the photographer. So getting getting the place that they're getting married at with the number of people is uh, uh, just simple arithmetic. I'll give you an example of this because I think it's really helpful, especially for photographers. Let's say you're getting married at, I don't know, some place that's on a rooftop in New York City, and you know that the average per person there is $150 a head. And then let's say you get an inquiry that has that venue and they have um, you know, a hundred, uh, sorry, a uh, hundred people who are attending. Mm -hmm. So let's just say that, you know, a hundred times 150, that's $15,000. Now, chances are that the budget is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 50% for food, beverage, and venue of the overall wedding expense. So you could know that 15,000 is half of what they have to spend. That would be $30,000 somewhere in there. And then of that 30,000, you know that the photography budget is going to be somewhere in the five to seven percent range, or or it could be as much as eight to ten, depending if they don't do video. So you know you could take say seven or eight percent of the thirty thousand, and now you're looking at somewhere around a twenty five hundred to maybe three thousand dollar budget that they have for photography. So by getting those two inputs, you're able to guess with with some reasonableness what it is that they're likely to spend on the photography. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one tip is don't go too far down the line of overqualifying. You want to pre-qualify, but not overqualify. So that's that's one thing. We've talked actually quite a bit about that. 
I think the second thing is make sure that you're focusing not just on qualifying with with budget and instead ask questions, especially on the contact form where you're trying to get information about, is it gonna be a good fit project-wise or personality-wise? So some of the fun questions that you can ask are you know, gonna reveal information about the kind of personality or the type of project that they're gonna create. So get to know, you know what it is that they like to do in their spare time. It could be places that they like to travel or what does a Saturday night out look like for you? Um, you know, what, are, what are some of your favorite memories together as a couple? Uh, you know, something where you get to know them a little bit and see if there's a connection in, in ways that are important. You can also talk about the type of event that they look at having. Um, if you want to work, if you are in an elevated position in the market, you want to have beautiful images in your portfolio. And so designing a core are important, style and fashion are important. And so you can ask questions that are related to that. You know, what kind of shoes are your go-tos on a Saturday night date? Um, you know, when uh, when you get flowers from your sweetie, what kind of flowers, do, you know, what's your favorite flower that you like to get? Um, you know, talk to me about your favorite kind of dining experiences. That'll give you a good indicator of what the food and beverage experience is going to be like, et cetera, et cetera. So that the form fields are, are really good ways for you to uh, learn a little bit more information about them. A, sec, uh, a third tactical area that you can look at is what happens after they inquire. So we want to set up, again, these multiple small barriers, and we want to not just work with price. We want to do other things. We want to increase the friction. So how do you do that? One of the things that you can do is after they inquire, you can set up a success page or a splash page or even a redirect that goes to a hidden web page that is an extension of your current website, but not accessible through SEO or uh, any, you know, through your main navigation. And you can create uh, not quite a pricing guide, but really effectively the same type of immediate response with information that helps guide them through. And, and what we're trying to do here is we're trying to do two things. One, create more desire. You increase the level of intent to make the purchase by getting them excited about all the cool things that they can do with you. And two, we're trying to get them to go through more obstacles. They have to click a link. They have to read the, the web page. And at the bottom of this, they have to go through and recognize a little bit more about the pricing that you have. Mm -hmm. Not specific packages, but just some more information about pricing. And then they have to click a button to schedule an appointment with you to get the information that, that they want. And so all of those are points of resistance, points of friction that require people to exert energy. And while they're doing it, they're going to get more excited about the purchase. And that's going to, that's going to give people an off ramp from the road that they're on to the discovery call. If, if they're not qualified, if they don't like what they see, if they feel like it's too much work, uh, if, if they don't like the style or the process of being a client, if the price is too much, if they don't want to take the time to get on the phone with you for 20 or 30 minutes, that those are all little baby pre-qualifiers that are going to help weed out the kind of clients that aren't committed or ready to work with you. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I love the the last idea of making a little splash page, a hidden link for them with even more goodies that they can get excited about. That's really awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's something that we've been doing with clients over the last six months or so, because we've seen lots of people run into situations with their websites where they get website copywriting from us. And all of a sudden they're inundated with more inquiries because the website's doing what it's supposed to do. And, and they're like, Katie, Sam, we're, we're getting, you know, barraged with inquiries in our inbox. How do we deal with all of these? And so we're like, well, let's come up with this 
option for people to pursue. And it's something that we've seen over the last three to six months do a lot of really good work for our clients, especially in the photography world, because once you fill your calendar, you know, that's the first step. After that, it's make sure that you're spending time with people who can afford the services and, and the work that you love to do for them. Yes. So this is this is just another natural extension that you've got to make in the sales process. It's not as easy as just, uh, you know, putting up the price on the website. Yeah, no, it's definitely a lot more uh, skill <laughs> and thought behind it besides doing that. Oh, Sam, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad that you came back. This is like maybe one of my favorite episodes. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Great, great questions. And I, I love the the approach that you take. Your listeners get such good insight and information from you and, and the guests. I'm, I'm grateful for you bringing me on and, and letting me share some of that with them as well. Oh, thank you so much. Well, let's tell everybody where they can find out more about you, your services and say hello online. Yeah. So always, you know, check us out on Instagram. We're pretty active on there. Uh, I, I joke with with my wife who tells me that I give away too much free stuff, that if you just read the posts on Instagram and paid attention to the free stuff that we share with links on there, you could probably make a ton more money than you are right now and never even have to hire us. But go there first because you're going to find all of that good content. So ID Action Consulting is our handle. If you want, you can go to our Facebook group, Sell Weddings Like a Pro. We have over 3,000 people in there. Uh, we're very active. You can ask a question. We'll give you an answer to it. And uh, also subscribe to my newsletter, which is uh, on the bottom of our website, idactionconsulting.com. And you can uh, register with uh, name and email and you'll get a weekly goodie in there. Over 5,000 people get it every week. And once again, I tend to give too much good stuff away for free. You could just read the newsletters and probably find a lot of success with your business in the coming months and years. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. And then you can keep them. I, I have a couple old ones that I go back to and I, I revisit every so often. So yeah, they're always full of good nuggets. I love that. Yeah, so you guys, great. if you want to uh, say hello to Sam, find out more about how to work with him or visit him on Instagram, just swipe on up, click on the show notes and let him know you listened to today's episode. And I'll link our previous episode as well. So you guys can get the full experience. Sam, thank you so much for being here and hope to have you back soon. Thanks, Janine. Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to Sam for being our incredible guest today. It was so nice to chat with you again and have you back on the show. If you guys want to find out more about Sam and ID Action Consulting, swipe on up, click on the show notes and let him know that you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys, I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Talk to you soon.